Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting because um, I can see just by the way you got in the sport and remained in the sport, I even like you, you decided to do the, the sport that you loved, I can see how you must have acknowledged along the way maybe some points are like, okay, this is getting better or this is getting better, but never like that thought, that crisp thought of like, wow, I'm getting good at this or I'm getting, you know, this was really good. No. Not no. even when you ran 41? Because, I mean, dude, you're one of the only ones in history that ran 41. You I'm, must have felt something there. Oh, I mean, I felt a lot of things. I mean, it, it, that's a major, major highlight, and it's a memory that I will um, always have. And you know, I'll, Give us the details. I, uh, of, that, of that time. Yeah. Um, so it was a LaPointe record in November... It was a really strange, um, well, it was a transitional time in my life. My granddad had just passed away in that August, actually in this very motorhome where we're sitting right now. Um, you know, so it was like just over two months since he had passed. I, that had, he was such a big part of my daily life and experience. You know, I was basically orbiting around his him and his needs at that point and and the two of us basically were operating a very co-tethered life and, and my wife Amelia was was part of that so when all of a sudden you know when he passed away and that gravity ceased to have a influence on my life I felt in one way kind of very untethered you know I felt yeah. like whoa um, another part felt kind of light because there was a it had become a, a lot of things to do a little bit of a heavy burden but the one thing that um, you know, as far as this this journey of water skiing and staying connected to it, um, you know, he passed away in the summer at a tournament, um, and I knew he would want me to, like, keep skiing. And it's something that, like, like that very day we were at a tournament. I ended up skiing in the tournament because I, I, it was it was a very surreal day. Like it was, it was right. one of those days. Like you know, it only happens a couple times in your life that you have such a impactful thing uh, event take place and kind of by surprise. Um, so I still skied and I went out first thing. I, I didn't think about it. No preparation, no mental preparation yeah. or anything. I ran three and a quarter at 41 just because it was like the only thing that day that felt normal. Like I was in control and I knew what I was doing. Like I got on my ski and got out there and skiing just made sense to me. Just like, okay, this, like, I know this, I can do, I can do this. Everything else is, is that's going on is super strange. So it's kind of the inverse. Like sometimes I get on the dock at a pro event and you, your head goes like sideways. It goes scrambling all over the place and you're not in control. Um, but this was the opposite. Like I felt that way off the water about kind of my, the state of affairs of life. But then I got on the water like, okay, just ski, just, yeah. just do this. And so, um, I lined up a bunch. I was skiing pretty well. Uh, I started skiing, you know, better. Um, some of the best skiing that I've done. So I signed, started signing up for a bunch of records because I was running 41 a lot in practice, which was pretty new. I mean, I picked off a couple here and there, but it was like coming. Um, so I, I I got in the motorhome here and I spent nearly a month, I think, down here in Florida. I did a record at Fluid. I did one at Okehealy. Like, so the week before the points, I was at Okehealy. I had a round where I was behind Chad. It was the last round of the tournament, and I had a pretty good start, and I got four. And he said afterward, he's like, man, I thought you had that one. And I was like, it's such a fine line. Like, I got – I was, it was going good, but, like, four was a little safer, and it was a good score to get in the books. And may, maybe mentally I just wasn't there for the whole pass. But 
now having had that one the following week at LaPointe's, you know, there was nothing to lose. But first round, uh, I felt pretty good, but I fell at one ball at 39. I was like, oh, just, wow. just like a one ball overturned blowout. I was like, okay, well, that's annoying. Right. Wait around for the kind of round two. Um, round two felt pretty good, but I did the exact same thing, but at 41. I was like going for a big one ball turn, too Bam. much. Like there I was in the water at one ball. I'm like, oh, come on. And then, um, Last round, I think I was just about the last gear of the day. Will Asher and Chris Parrish had been there, but they got pretty good. They skied well. I think they had at least three or four at 41 already, and it was getting later. They, they went home. And so I was maybe with the last one left and open at the end of the day. Um, sun's going down. I'd ski with also Lucky Low the first time, first and only time ever that week. I was down here in the motorhome. Everyone says you have to ski with Lucky sometime. Yep. You have to have that experience. So I, I went over and and he did give me the full tour of the goats and his house. <laughs> and we skied the twelve buoy course at forty one. He was yelling at me and whistling. I mean everything you would hope for. Um, he gave me. I mean he gave me a lot of if nothing else energy and and a passion lot of stoke. Yeah, and some like... things to talk about. I mean he he was in it to win it. Um, Going back to the thing of like, how do we recreate the passion? How would you rediscover? Seems to me like a set of lackeys is a good. It'll give you some some things to 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 find passion from. Yeah, it was just super cool. I mean, he didn't have like um, he didn't he wouldn't charge me. I tried to pay him. He, he just like nope. And so anyway, it comes to this last round. I'm you know making my way through my warm up passes, and here's Lucky on the far corner at Lapointe's. Just standing with his jean shorts and a beer, no shirt. Every time I pass by, he's like fist pumping, like run 32 off. And I just look at him. He's over there like fist pumping me, like sending me the stoke. I was like, all right, Lucky. Like he kind of made me chuckle. I dropped and, um, you know, got down, ran 39. Lucky's over there like throwing the fists at me like, come on. (laughs) And um, it just uh, it turned out to be one of those passes. Like this would be another example of the flow state. Like almost coming off the right hand gate buoy kind of knew something special like ooh, okay right good look at one there's the connection like turned pretty hard this time the ropes right there right rhythm right off of one ball and then two almost i'd say it happened like without even a thought like automatic happened very fast and i'm on my way to three and that's where i feel like sometimes it's kind of like if you blank out if your head's not in the game and you're not like on thinking about being on the line you have to run to be on to, to run that second half of the pass you may be done at three or maybe you can pull along to four but somehow in that moment or whatever approaching three i didn't lose my mind and be like oh my gosh this is it and freak out and with excitement and blow it uh but also i didn't kind of just like lackadaisically let it go you know moved out off the wakes better to yeah. three connected so then in my mind, then it kind of was like, hey, this might be happening. Like, this is what it feels like in practice when when you run it. Those thoughts that we have that yeah, happen right. really quickly. Um, and having that four, I was like, okay, you have to stay committed here. Uh, this is not like go over there and get around four and then see if you can get the line and go to five. Like, it's you're turning this the game all now. or nothing, like, basically. Um So four ball worked out. And I, going to five, I pretty well knew, like, that. that's a – that's a more reliable turn for me, typically a one three five than a two four, and um, you know. So no five itis. 
Well, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen sometimes. No, but know? I mean in that in that set. In that in that moment, no, it was more of a calculation of like, don't do anything crazy and get wound up. Like, let it. If you have to run past the ball just a moment, and then kind of follow through when you know you still can get to six. Like a, the the slightest bit safe, which you can't go very much. You can't really change at 41, but like just realizing not to overdo it, basically. Yeah. yeah. And that you can pull long to six. So a little bit of long pull to six, a little bit of take, take a hit, uh, which probably only came from safety in five. Before that, it was basically you have to be on that correct line. Right. Um, oh, man. And so then a feeling like, yes, um, it was very validating. Like the, the whole experience with my granddad had been a very a journey of its own. It kind of uh, brought me to this point where I felt like a lot of these sets in the fall carrying on afterwards, like it was, uh, my skiing was almost a connection point with him or like just a departure point from the uncertainty about the rest of my life. And so to kind of have that experience come together right then, you know, it, it was very validating and maybe, maybe I was some, somehow freed from other constraints at that time. Um, that allowed that to happen you know i i've done it one time since but it uh it's not like it's happening all the time you know like that's in my mind afterwards you know kind of back yeah. to our original point i was like well okay this is amazing like i feel great about about doing this but like i can't rest on my laurels because there are other skiers that are doing it more still yeah. um you know that's that's unbelievable that's a crazy like i mean it's a super interesting mindset you know, like your thoughts were like, okay, well, that's really good. And you were stoked. I'm sure you had a good day, oh, yeah. and, you know, yes. but there's people doing it more times. Yeah. There's people that got to, did you get one at 43? One. At, one at 43. I kind of just planned on, I wasn't going to try anything too tricky and go for the half. I wanted just full one, guarantee yeah. that, just come back to the middle. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very telling, man. That's very telling that like your thought went there, you know, like, I mean, I'll be honest, if I, I've never done it, but if I were to do it, my thoughts were like, I'm, I'm in history. I'm one of those that did it. Oh, my God. You know, like, but yours, I'm sure, was like that. But it's also like, well, but there's people doing it more times. Yeah. And there's people getting to 2F43. I feel like that's all of us skiers, though, right? Like, on your best day, you, you, you finally get that PB that you dreamed about. Like, oh, that would be the be-all and end-all. I just run 28 off, right. if I just ever run 20 off, I'll be happy. And I can, yeah. But then as soon as you do it, you know, you're just like, oh, I think I could do a little bit more or I could do that again or whatever. And so it was that I was I was elated that day. You know, I, I went out with Chris and Jen and a group from the tournament and, you know, we celebrated and, um, you know, I, I was skiing on Maple at the time. So it was good. Like that actually really helped me and Chris develop a little more of a rapport. I started skiing there a little bit in the winters, which was was great for me. Um but uh, even by the drive home, that was the last tournament of the year, too. It was like the last round, last tournament of the year. Um, yeah, even driving home, I did a little podcast with Marcus, and uh, that, that kind of surfaced. You know, he was like, well, you know what? I was like, well, look, you know, we got other people doing this on a somewhat regular basis, so I'm happy, but I can't say that I'm, like, fully satisfied. Like, I got to get – I got to figure out – like in that moment, it didn't feel that hard. In that moment, it felt like, okay, it's possible. How do I make that moment happen again? Well, I guess I'm still in that, in that journey, like in right. that process trying to figure out. But um, it, it was validating. I would say it helped me have less of that self-doubt of like, am I an imposter in this community? Like I'm a latecomer, kind of from an outsider, different 
you know, area that's not all hardcore skiing. Like, okay, I was like, oh, since then I've felt a little more comfortable in my skin. Like, okay, there is a place at this table for me. I, I'm, I'm one of the guys, like, I, I can accept that in myself. So wow. I, it's been, yeah, on the one hand, like this, this belief in potential that's internal um, that I'm always trying to awaken and try to pursue. But then on the another level, you know, there's doubt, always doubt about, uh, you know, if you really belong, if you really can be can be the best. Because like that experience, I'm like, oh, I should be able to recreate this, and you know, I, I would like to get a pro win. Like I sh- I want to be able to do this when it counts the most, when all of the other top skiers in the world are there, and everyone skis great and uh, great scores, and I have the best score because I am able to bring that out of myself but i like i'm still engaged in that journey like i have not had that happen so you know that's i feel like that's still something out in front to be reaching for and striving for and it it's a motivator for sure no well i mean it's it's a humongous score and as you know like there's there's not very many people that can claim that they did it 